Super Flex Dude here with your standard operating procedures and with, of course, Swagzilla Zero G. This week, it's it's week 13, and man, it it smells like week 13 spirit. It's unlucky week uh, for injuries, and it's going to, we've got kind of a lot of SOPs as a result, Swags, but like, none of them are concrete. Like this, it's a tough week, kind of just based on, you know, like there's going to be a lot of speculation, like Mm -hmm. on, on who's going to be available to us. So doing it this early in the week actually kind of, uh, uh, hurts us a little bit, makes it a little bit tougher, but yeah. And everybody's scrambling too to make the playoffs. The nice thing in for the, teams that are trying to score points still whether it's redraft or dynasty is you're competing with less and less people for some of these players that'll help you but true yeah it's still so tough to call it this early in the week sometimes yeah that's very true so it that that brings up an interesting question just real quick so redraft leagues do you typically in the leagues that you commission or in just the leagues that you play in is there some type of incentive, something to keep playing for that keeps you active on waivers mm-hmm. or, or do you typically just see, you know, the teams that, that are essentially out of it or long shots to make the playoffs. They just say, they just check out yeah, and just say, I, wait till next I've year. I've never played in a redraft league that offered me any kind of incentive to keep playing. If I was out of it really to answer your question, Um, which makes me think of my most serious redraft league ever was actually a keeper league where you could keep a couple, which in a league like that, there's a little bit of incentive when you're trying to find the next best two to keep on your team. But even that's not a ton of incentive because you've probably found them throughout the season and you're already holding on to them. But yeah, yeah, maybe that's part of the problem, huh? We need some kind of incentive for that bottom bracket keeps setting their lineups and being active. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, and it is, it's even tougher in dynasty because there's incentive to stay active and there's a little bit in, of incentive to, to stay active in the same way that the contenders are, because at least in theory, you know, it, it as long as you don't have a trade deadline, which that's been one of many, many crusades on this show. John already faded the <laughs> trade deadline. Yeah, that it's was gone. A, that was a fade last week, I believe, or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. dropping it. Yeah, drop the trade deadline. Do not. There's, I, it, you can, you can do it. It's fine. Like I've had, I've had to have this argument many, many times. That if you want to do it, if that's fun for you, go for it. Like I'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum, but. It, like as far as is there a reason to do it? No, not really. Other than it's fun for you, like <laughs> adds like that wrinkle of strategy. But no, there's it, it actually there's a lot more reason to not have a deadline. But one of them is it does it keeps those non-contenders active, and it, you know. But typically they're going to be looking for for the players that you stash for next year. Um, which, you know, we're going to try and, and mention some names. Um, I think that a lot of them right now are, are on rosters. Um, so a lot of these players are, you know, it's, it's going to be 
trade for them and, and stack them for next year. But um, we're going to try and get some names every now and then that you can pick up on waivers and stash them for next year too. We'll, we'll try and work some of those in as well. But yeah, I mean, kind of, uh, you know, the only real, the only real strategy left otherwise would be to pick up players that you can flip to the contenders. And this group, just to bring it back full circle, the group of players that we're going to talk about this week, I don't know how much real value they're going to have to the contending teams. So that's that's what I mean. It just makes it a really mm-hmm. tough week. Like it's it's just it, these are all just very speculative type of ads um, that nobody's really going to pay for. And there's but kind of a lot point, of them. John, not to interrupt, but <laughs> no. it's not only like how much value will they have to the contending teams, but how much value should they have if they're on your team and you are the team trying to move them away and you were lucky enough to get them off waivers for free because of this show, or maybe you already have them rostered at this point. I mean, you're, you're also cleaning up your roster a little bit. So when we mention some of these players, it's not like you're going to go get a first or a second for most of them, but you might get something, you know, so don't ask for too much either. And then the contenders might think like, huh, you know, this does make sense for my team right now in case this happens. So I'll take, I'll do it for this third or this fourth. Cause I want to win some money this year. Yep. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's fire through these, um, these standard operating procedures. Like I said, there's kind of a lot of them. But it's, uh, man, like there's going to be kind of some um, some moving parts to a lot uh, to most of them too. So, um, so yeah, we're going to have to try and uh, fire through them to keep this at any type of <laughs> reasonable length uh, for this show. But <laughs> whatever that is on <laughs> yeah. the Superflex Super Show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we talked about doing, you know, 20, 30 minutes like at the beginning <laughs> of the season? That was our goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then we're halfway done and we haven't mentioned one name. <laughs> so, um, all right. So make sure they're rostered. Uh, I'll run through them this week and we'll probably just kind of alternate on that. But uh, for this week, though, make sure Sam Darnold is rostered. He actually looked competent against against the number one defense against uh, uh, against the passing game, by the way, in Denver. And, um, uh, you know, the, the big thing that worked in Sam Darnold's favor is the one thing that the Carolina Panthers quarterbacks have not done all season, which is target DJ Moore. It, forget about the fact that he's lined up on Pat Sertan. Just do it. Just do it. Just just yeah. take some shots down the field, see what happens. Lo and behold, DJ Moore actually has a has a nice game for them. Um, catches some long passes, beating Pat Sertan deep. Like I I, I it, it just makes you wonder what Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker were seeing that they were just like, yeah, it's just not even worth it to take a shot. Like this is one of the elite wide receivers in this league. Just, just put it up there and let him make it happen. So Sam Darnold seems willing to do that, and I have a feeling that he's probably going to hold that job 
as a result. Yeah, they said that he earned the chance. So he's got yeah. the bye week, and then I, I didn't see who he plays out of the bye week, but it sounds like he's definitely starting that week, man. Yep. And, man, I'm curious with Sam Darnold before you run through this next group sure. here. What would you pay for Sam Darnold? Just a quick hypothetical generic pick if he were on like the next year segment. Hmm. Is he worth it? Like, is he going to prove that he's going to get a job in the NFL next year or is he just a backup? Yeah. That's the big it's, question. It's, it is. It is. It's tough. And I mean, it seems like the, yeah, I, th I no, you, you know what? I think I'm with you. I think he's a little bit of a stash, a next year, this year stash. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some vet, some, you know, older veteran quarterbacks a little bit later who seem like they're, they're headed for a starting job somewhere. Like what we're kind of finding out is there just aren't enough rookie quarterbacks coming in who are just going to just going to take over starting roles right away. You know, we know that this is a better quarterback class than what we had in 2022. Uh, it's hard to be worse, but you know, we know Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to be, you know, top three picks in the NFL draft. Carolina very well could end up with one of those picks, but you know, beyond that, I mean, people are, kind of feeling okay about will levis like but it's like that's kind of it all because they're digging with the way the quarterback landscape is in the nfl we need some quarterbacks yeah yeah and and keep looking to college football and it's like yeah there's there's some decent ones coming but i don't think that you know i think that there are two maybe three who necessarily take over starting jobs and we've got a lot more starting jobs available in the NFL than just two or three. So, yeah. so you know, I think you're going to see some of these guys just kind of get shuffled around. I think, you know, Houston obviously is going to get a quarterback, um, you know, and then you've got one mm -hmm. other team, you know, maybe it's Carolina, maybe it's Detroit, you know, a handful Colts. of. What, yeah, the, you know what I mean? What happens with yeah. Matt Ryan? You hate to hear it, but realistically, what happens with Matthew Stafford? Sure. You yeah. know, there's going to be a lot of changes coming, and they're not just going to be all the elders switching teams, but some of them are just going to retire and go away. Yeah, that yeah, that's true, too. Tampa Bay could easily be looking for a quarterback. Green there you Bay. go, yeah. So, yeah, you, you know, there, there are kind of a lot of different ways um, for these teams to, to kind of clear some room for a new starter and not be able to get one in the NFL draft. So, you know, this is a good time to start looking for these quarterbacks who right now are playing well and potentially earning, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to, it, even if it means going somewhere else, you know, land another mm -hmm. starting job. Maybe it's just a bridge job, but, you know, regardless, like these, th this is what we need in Superflex is players who are earning at least some type of job security, some type of starting role that is at least a little bit safe. And yep. Sam Darnold seems like he's in that pool. So, yeah, that's a good one. I, I was just thinking for the rest of the season, uh, just having a warm body, having a, you know, a starting quarterback. But, 
yeah, to your point, stash him for next year as well. Cause if, if he's, if he's able to stay on this track, he probably earns a starting job somewhere. He's uh, probably younger than Malik Willis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have absolutely zero idea, but I know Sam Darnold came into the league young. Yeah. He came in at like 20, I think. So yep. yeah, it's yeah. Very possible. Um, Jalen Warren, uh, make sure he's rostered. Najee Harris goes out with an injury. Uh, and I, they were already kind of splitting up that backfield quite a bit. It, it kind of struck me how uh, almost immediately they started. They, I think they had a different running back on the field for each of the first three or four plays of the game. Anthony McFarland gets in. Benny Snell gets in. Benny Snell ends up scoring the game-winning touchdown like – they they were using a committee, but if Najee Harris misses time, we've seen this. Jalen Warren ends up being the the lead guy. You're still going to mix in those backups a little bit, but as far as who gets the majority of the workload, it's been Jalen Warren, it, and it would continue to be. Uh, Michael Gallup seems to I, – I don't know why that's still been a positional battle in Dallas between Michael Gallup and Noah Brown. But it seems like Michael Gallup has finally kind of taken that one over. And then Gerald Everett, a name we bring up now every week, like we just, we needed to anyways, but we've been kind of talking of SOPs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely your favorite. And like mine has kind of been Juwan Johnson. And they're kind of on opposite trajectories right at the moment. We've been kind of talking about Gerald Everett more as a as a streamer type of option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm guessing that you're kind of looking at him now as more of an every week starter. Yeah, I think if you are streaming, just with the way the schedule is the rest of the way, even with Everett, I think that you could probably throw him right into your lineup. You'll know if you have a better option at this point, and but if you've been already streaming, I think that you could throw Gerald Everett in there. I mean, maybe, maybe you're number twenty eighth overall right now into the Scott Fishbowl, and you're trying to win it all, and you don't have a tight end. Maybe that person is Gerald Everett. <laughs> that seemed very specific. Man, but... shout out to Fenero, my my partner in Shine over at Rookie Fever. He 28th overall in nice. Scott Fishbowl. Man, this was my worst season ever in Scott Fishbowl, I believe. So yeah. <laughs> shout out to everybody that's still playing though. Good for you guys. Go get some Gerald Everett. I bet he's I bet he's rostered. Yeah. But uh yeah, my worst. I thought season we should give Fenero a quick shout out though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um man, I need to check the leaderboard and see who else. Um, but yeah, for the moment, I'll just, uh, throw my support behind Fenero. um, plan on keeping it that way. This is your big moment. Unless you win Fenero. nobody, nobody remembers unless you win. That's true. This is it right <laughs> here on the Superflex super show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a big deal of it kind of regardless of what you do. How about that? <laughs> um, another tight end that uh i that right now is kind of earning every week type of cred but i don't think that eventually darren waller comes back foster Mm. moreau probably gets pushed back uh, into the waiver pool for us but for the moment 
he owns that job and man, he's dominating it. Um, nice matchup coming up uh, again this week with. Uh, oh, I forgot who he's who he's playing. Um, I'll look that up in a second, but uh, yeah, look it up while you're talking. Yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah. So we're on to the ads this week. And Foster Moreau, if he's not been added, I, he's another one. He's more make sure they're rostered, but he'd be a pretty high priority uh, if he is available. Uh, quarterback Jordan Love. Um, we're adding him just uh, again. This is speculative, just because Aaron Rodgers with the injury uh, already had the the uh, broken finger, and now he's got uh, an oblique injury as well. So, and man, and that team loses yet again. They're well below five hundred. They they're almost completely out of it in terms of the division. And, uh, is, I mean, wild card is kind of a long shot at this point. Like, I think that at some point you probably shut down Aaron Rodgers, kind of regardless of his health. So originally we had Jordan love as a next week this week, but the fact that Aaron Rodgers may or may not play this week makes Jordan love a little bit more of a priority ad, uh, this week, just in case you do need a starter. Maybe you've got somebody on by, maybe, uh, maybe you've got Aaron Rodgers and need the handcuff. Um, so, Foster Moreau is against the Chargers. There you go. Yeah. And that is a um, great matchup. Yeah. Yeah. So top 10 matchup for tight ends. Yep. Um, running backs, Jermichael Hasty and uh, Darrell Henderson, both for Jacksonville. Travis Etienne goes out with an injury. And again, we don't know the extent of it. Jermichael Hasty ended up carrying the the majority of the load once Etienne went out. Uh, but Darrell Henderson, his first game with Jacksonville, um, I'm not even sure that he suited up, but he certainly, if he did, he didn't play very much. Um, and uh, but you know, that's just the that was just for that first game. Uh, yeah. He's gonna, you'll see him take on more and more of a workload. He might regardless. have played as much as Cam Akers did for the Rams. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Not technically, but man, Akers ended up with, I think, like 37 yards or something like that. Like, Oh, God. He's so yeah. lame. Yeah. <laughs> man, yeah. Kyron Williams has taken over that job. Like, they... they. I think you're right, dude. I think you were right. Like, yeah. As Ingram, Keontae Ingram did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Darrington Evans uh, ended up being the primary backup to uh, uh, David Montgomery this week for Chicago. Um, Treston Ebner had been the guy, but man, he only ended up with one snap. I don't know <laughs> what happened there, but they just they they just completely shifted it to Darrington Evans, who was one of my favorite sleepers going into the season, and then just kind of became an afterthought, but. He's back. Uh, you know, if David Montgomery were to get injured, I think Darrington Evans becomes their lead back until either Montgomery or Khalil Herbert returns. Uh, Zonovan Knight, uh, Bam Knight, he uh, ended up being the uh, uh, the lead back once Michael Carter got injured for the Jets. James Robinson, though, a surprise inactive for this game, but. Zonovan Knight and mixed in some Ty Johnson as well. 
Um, and we don't know the extent of the Michael Carter injury. This is yet another one of those, again, moving parts all over the place. Mm-hmm. And one more of those, Jordan Mason, um, Elijah Mitchell with a knee injury. He's back on IR six to eight weeks. Uh, I don't know why they don't just shut him down for the season, but but they're, he, he, he would not be available to you in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey also dealing with knee injuries, um, knee stuff. Uh, he, he's been a ticking time bomb all season. Like that was part of my analysis going into the season, just yeah. the injuries piling up on him. This it was a matter third of season time. in a row. You know, this one was a little bit better, but third season in a row of this. Yeah. 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 It was, it was going to happen, but uh, you know, it's, it seems like McCaffrey most likely plays. That seems like the, the probability, but you know, now without Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey takes on a bigger workload, which increases the probability of injury. So yep. Jordan Mason looks to be the backup. We're going to talk about another guy who I think might be a little bit safer, though. Um, but for the moment, Jordan Mason is going to be the guy that your league mates are going to be targeting. So we'll talk about him as a priority here. Wide receivers, Richie James, uh and uh, takes over the uh, the slot role with Wandale Robinson out for the season uh, for the New York Giants. Nelson Aguilar is back. Um, <laughs> one of the most one of the most boring names in all of fantasy football for me. But uh, so I I always hate when we have to talk about Nelson Aguilar. But apparently we have to talk about him um, now. Jacoby Myers dealing with an injury as well. So. Uh, Corey Davis also back. That's one that we actually, uh, I, I get a little excited about Corey Davis. I know that he's a favorite of yours though. And Mike White at quarterback for the New York Jets just unlocks all of those weapons. So Corey Davis back from injury. Um, and now he comes back to a quarterback who's willing to throw the ball down the field. Garrett Wilson scores twice. Elijah Moore. Uh, back from the dead, gets in the end zone, and Corey Davis takes over. Corey the... Davis pulled the Kadarius Tony. He's like, yeah. "Oh, Zach Wilson's not playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll play." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Suddenly healthy, just miraculously. <laughs> um, Zay Jones is somebody. It's it's a little embarrassing that we haven't talked more about him because he's been so consistent. We talked about him earlier in the season as a priority, but. He's he's really cons- pretty consistently been one of the top options for Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence in Jacksonville. Ten and targets I think, the last two games they've played. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's a little bit like Donovan Peoples Jones, just like so quietly consistent. But the difference is, Zay Jones has been scoring touchdowns all season long. Like yep. he, that's been a lot more. Uh, within his range of outcomes yeah and then finally van jefferson and 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 while everybody's talking about what isaiah mckenzie did last week against detroit that's what zay jones gets this week so there you go quick shout out to josh bigby at generally aware he pointed out like that slot and what everybody's doing against the slot not against but what the slot receivers are doing against detroit and now zay jones gets that too 
and and uh, a couple of other good matchups coming for Zay Jones on the cheap. Like you said, we haven't talked about him, but really nobody has. You can get Zay Jones for free this week. Yeah. Um, Van Jefferson is is the final guy on our list here just because now Allen Robinson out for the season. You're still without Cooper Cup in L.A. I, I mean, at this point, it's it's been I, – I still haven't figured out how to say Ben's last name, Skoranek. Skoranek, something like that. Um, man, I don't know. That's the research that I need to do here. I, I like I look through like snap counts and routes run and everything, and I don't bother learning how to say their names. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's basically him and Van Jefferson. Uh, Skoranek is a lot more um, a lot more sturdy, uh, a lot safer, uh, kind of taking over a little bit of the the uh cooper cup you know chain mover type of role but van jefferson is the one who's going to be explosive and um you know make people miss in the open field so um use the speed so that's to me that's the guy that you want out of that offense just because there's so much more ceiling to him that's kind of our list uh who who even challenges zay jones is the top priority for you this week for me, it'd be Corey Davis. Those are the okay. two that like my eyes go to the most for this. If I feel like I need some flex points, let's say, and it's not a positional need, I feel like I'm going after Corey Davis and Zay Jones this week the most. Then maybe Foster. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jordan Love caught my yep. eye. I think you you told a good story, and I think it could come true. Not just a story. I'm not, but uh, so that one's tough too, man. I feel like Jordan's love, love is one that a lot of people are going to wait on. And yeah. then whoever the most available person is in your league, not, not players in your league, but the people that are playing with you in your league, whoever's not working, whoever's not sleeping, that here's the news about Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be the one to get Jordan love. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where. At the very least, I want him as a next week this week. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as waivers clear yep. in Superflex leagues, particularly in, in Dynasty leagues, but redraft as well. As soon as waivers clear, I'm picking up Jordan Love. 100%, yep. Like, let's not wait for that Aaron Rodgers injury news. but Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of people will. And they're going to – let's let's make them miss out on him. Um. The like, did the the running backs interest you at all beyond like handcuffing a starter? Um, man, not super much. I I totally get it in Forty Ninersville, but man, that's such a like revolving door anyway, right? Um, Daryl Henderson definitely he he's the running back that I would be after of this group just to see what happens there, especially with ETN banged up, like you mentioned. And I think Henderson is probably the next man up. Um, so Henderson, yeah, especially if ETN's banged up. It sounds like they're going to try to have ETN play. But um, I, I think it's worth mentioning, though, that Travis ETN injury that he's coming back from is one that, I mean, it's the same injury same that, Arian Foster had. It's the same injury that Elijah Mitchell had. And mm -hmm. 
these are injuries now that a lot of times last year, Liza Mitchell was the outlier that you mentioned that had had, not you, that had had this injury that is going to be okay because Eliza Mitchell had the injury. Well, he was pretty banged up and in and out of games a lot last year. Now he's going through the same thing this year, not comping the players, just talking the injury here. And now we're seeing the same thing potentially from Travis Etienne. So it does concern me for his dynasty career. Yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Yeah. That's, uh, man, that is, that is bleak. Um, I was not expecting that. That's depressing. Injury, though, I mean, it's a serious injury. It's still, yeah, we're still like young in the process of this one and hoping that medicine has came far enough to where they recover quicker and they recover longer. But we don't have as many list Frank injuries as we do, like torn ACLs, MCLs to to go by. So it, it worries me a little bit. Yeah, that's that's fair. So we're probably talking about minimum bids on these guys as of now without the the information um, of, uh, you know, who's who's going to play, who's not going to play, who's you know, whose injury is going to keep them out. So let's frame this a little bit just in terms of let's say that you've got David Montgomery for instance, does Darrington Evans, I assume that he, he gets a bump for you in that situation. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in, but if I am right on that, what does that, uh, what does that look like? Like how much more of a, of a bid are you willing to put on the guy who is, uh, you know, for the handcuff of the player that you already have. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice schedule too. the bears for the running backs, the rest of the way. Um, so that's a good one. So the bid I'm probably putting him like fifth in priority of these players. If I'm just going through like Corey Davis, Zay Jones, Foster, and then he's probably after like Daryl Henderson. So it'd be between Jordan love and Darrington Evans at this point. And Man, that's so tough because, okay, so the other guys, assuming they're picked up off waivers, I can't answer your question because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, like, it's, well, it's in my also... head I keep wanting to ask you one, and and that's not fair. So I'll tell you what the question was going to be in a minute. But yeah. So I'm probably putting about a dollar Dar- to two of fab on Darrington Evans, okay. and then my question would be, is he going to clear waivers anyway? And that's the thing. So Evans, uh, I I thought about this after I asked the question. Darrington Evans actually is kind of a bad example because David Montgomery is healthy. The rest Mm -hmm. of these guys are behind someone who's not. Um, So that makes it a little bit tougher. But, yeah, because of that, I think Evans probably clears waivers. Uh, Some of the guys I'd be a little bit more curious. Like, I I think Henderson and Mason – Henderson is probably the guy who should be the top priority, especially if you have Etienne. Mason is probably the guy who will be the top priority, um, kind of regardless of who you have. Uh, and and so, like that would, I think that would be my curiosity is if you've got McCaffrey, for mm-hmm. instance, and you know 
that suddenly he's taking on a bigger role without Elijah Mitchell. You know, we're going back to the role that he had two weeks ago before Elijah Mitchell's return. And now you want to handcuff him with potentially Jordan Mason. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, just to throw a wrench in the whole thing for him and for uh uh Evans. Yeah. Nah, eh, maybe not Evans. We won't we won't mess with him too much. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just to throw throw in a wrench with uh Jordan Mason, we're gonna talk about a guy in next week this week who kind of uh who challenges him a little bit too. So, yeah. yeah and I, cause I think I feel kind of the same at, on Jordan Mason as I do Evans. Yeah. And I think that this is one of those things where unless you're in really, really deep, like dynasty rosters and maybe that was too many reallys, but unless you're in a deep dynasty roster, like a lot of people are maybe just hearing Jordan Mason for the first time today. You know, you might not have to, spend too much to get George Jordan Mason added to your team. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you're ahead of the curve, John. And that's, that's awesome. I, you are a lot, but I think you're a little bit ahead of the curve on Jordan Mason. I think you can get him for pretty cheap. Yeah, possibly. I, I think there are a lot of, of mainstream redraft analysts this week talking about Jordan Mason uh, because of the, the game that he mm-hmm. had in relief of uh, both Mitchell and McCaffrey. And so, you know, I, I think that they're Maybe probably I'm behind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's possible. I mean, I, I think that you're right that this should be a deeper cut than what it is. Like, I, I, I think that he should be cheaper than what he will be just, but the fact that, you know, the, some of the bigger sites and some of the bigger, uh, like I said, more mainstream, analysts are saying add Jordan Mason this week. You know, I, I, I think that that's mm-hmm. probably going to push him up in a lot of leagues to a point where uh, I'm probably staying out. If he makes it through wave, if he clears waivers or maybe I put a minimum bid, but if, if he clears waivers, then I would, I would, you know, consider picking him up if I've got the roster space, but you know, I, I, I kind of think that you're going to have to, if you really want Jordan Mason, like if he's your cousin or something and you, (laughs) so like you really want him on your roster, I think you're going to have to be a little aggressive on waivers to get him. That's just my guess. But some of these other guys, that might not necessarily be the case. So a lot of these guys very well could clear waivers. Darrington Evans is is a name you probably won't hear a whole lot of. We need to develop a way to like earn Fab throughout the season. Yeah. <laughs> so you can yeah. you can get a little back here and there, not just by trading it, but like a way to actually like earn Fab or like a point where like you can either win Fab back or everybody gets a little here and there just so people have money to spend that'd be kind of cool like a we need like a fab mint like in each league yeah. just like creating more of it yeah yeah that'd be kind of cool uh yeah so i ultimately i guess what we're saying here is these running backs are just kind of i i mean handcuff your your running backs right like that's mm-hmm. and even then some of these guys i mean is it henderson or hasty you know, I, I think that we're on the same page there that it's Henderson, but you know, it still makes it tough because 
you you know you could go heavy after Darrell Henderson and then Jermichael Hasty still ends up being the primary back um, if yeah. Travis Etienne misses time. So yeah, it's it, it's probably one to mostly avoid. Maybe some minimum bids, uh, small bids on your own backup, your own handcuff, but otherwise. I think just focus on these wide receivers, particularly Zay Jones and Corey Davis and then Foster Moreau and Jordan Love as well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Next week, this week, Trevor Simeon. So the the theory here is Justin Fields likely comes back from an injury. But man, this this team is going nowhere. They're not winning anything. They're And now... Darnell Mooney out for the season. So you're kind of running out of options to to throw to. You already don't have a very good offensive line, not very good protection for your young franchise quarterback. Now you don't have anyone for him to throw to. At what point do they shut him down for the season and just say, you know what, this is not worth, uh, you know, jeopardizing our future on this roster right now. And turn to Trevor Simeon. Not to Trevor Simeon is any good. And, and he plays behind the exact same line and throws to the exact same weapons. Um, but, you know, again, super flex. All we're looking for is guys with a starting job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Those they're, they're viable. They typically have a double-digit ceiling for you, or a floor for you at least. Uh you know, so so we want quarterbacks at the super flex position, even the bad ones, essentially. Yeah. Um, Dare Agumbawale, uh, uh taking over kind of the the pass catching role in Houston. Um, Mike Boone coming back from an injury. Uh, Latavius Murray had uh, had a, a huge workload for the Broncos. Um, with no one really behind him, per se. So uh, Mike Boone, though, was the guy who was already on roster um, and had been taking on a bigger role before his injury. So there's a good chance that he comes back and and uh, rips away that lead-back role from Latavius. And then Tyrion Davis-Price, um, we mentioned, we talked a lot about Jordan Mason. And to me, like, you know, kind of the arbitrage here is going to be Tyrion Davis price. He was, he was a healthy and active um, just because Jordan Mason is the special teams guy. But if you don't, you don't have Elijah Mitchell. If you also didn't have Christian McCaffrey, I kind of think that they go to Tyrion Davis price is their lead back over Jordan Mason. That's kind of, that's just my guess. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I like, that next week, this week, play better than putting Fab on Jordan Mason, to be honest with you. Yeah, or really any of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Him him, and Mike Boone both, I think, are probably – you're, you're going to get more value out of either of those guys if you wait until for waivers to clear and then pick them up for free than you would even with a minimum bid on any of those other guys we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall Hinton and James Washington are our two wide receivers. Kendall Hinton is the, uh, at this point is the, 
the starting wide receiver outs on the outside opposite of Cortland Sutton um, dropped a touchdown pass, still had six catches, I believe. Um, I mean, it's not a good offense. It's not one that you necessarily want a piece of, but as long as, as Jerry Judy is out, as long as KJ Hamler is out, I mean, this is going to be one of the safer weekly plays for you. Not a whole lot of upside. Um, you know, you've, you've got, uh, you've got Sutton Dulcich and Hinton, um, and then the running backs essentially all competing for one or two touchdowns. <laughs> like that's what's available. Yeah. So they're all kind of fighting over it, but just on, on volume on target share, Kendall Hinton is, uh, you know, relatively safe week to week. And then, so James Washington is one that you put is he's still in Dallas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Still in Dallas. And it's kind of a speculative ad coming off injury. He's said to be, he's coming off IR. It doesn't sound like he's going to play this week, but potentially next week. And you just never know, you know, what's going to happen. You talked about some of the battles that are already going on there with Gallup and, I think that James Washington is going to be coming up in this conversation pretty soon and you can add him right now for free, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that one too. Um, last week we were talking about Odell Beckham jr. Uh, he, <laughs> if it wasn't for this mention, he wouldn't have made it on the sheet at all after he gets kicked off of a plane, um, for being unresponsive. <laughs> I think we're kind of, <laughs> we're moving on there. Um, so, and, and at the time, the idea was it Odell Beckham Jr. could easily end up in Dallas and just kind of upgrade that entire wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Well, so now we're kind of moving on to James Washington um, as being kind of a poor man's Odell Beckham Jr. in that <laughs> regard. So, And then the tight end. So, of course, we've kind of turned this into a little bit of a streaming uh, system in uh, next week, this week, but uh, so just kind of going off a matchup. So Tyler Higby gets the second best matchup possible um, at home against Seattle. Uh, So the first best is Arizona. They're on, on by this week. So we don't get to pick on them. Uh, Let's see. Third best. um, Whoever San Francisco plays, <laughs> I don't remember. So George Kittle is not a streamer, so we're not going to talk about him. Then you get Evan Ingram at Detroit. They're 29th in the NFL, stopping tight ends from scoring fantasy points. Who is 28? Oh, Juwan Johnson is uh, gets the 28th best matchup or 28th worst defense mm-hmm. against whatever. However you want to say that. Uh, it's Jawan Johnson, but we talk about him all the time. Um, and in fact, like he's actually getting, despite the fact that the target share isn't changing a lot, he, he, his uh, snap rate, his snap count has been trending down. And it's gotten to a point where he's pretty touchdown dependent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, you, you can tough. still stream him. It's a great matchup. Yeah. yeah, but we hate chasing touchdowns around here, so so I wouldn't do it. Uh, so we're going to skip right to uh, Logan Thomas 
and John Bates if Logan Thomas were to miss this game at the New York Giants. Um, they're the 27th best at stopping tight ends from scoring fantasy points. So Higby, Engram, and most likely Logan Thomas, possibly John Bates, um, are kind of your streamers of the week. Who should we yeah. drop? <laughs> who, Man, who... I... I... I, I didn't want to be mean and drop anybody this week, John. Yeah. But you we, do that. We talked about Avengers. it off air. Yeah. I, I still came up with a couple guys. It's getting but... tuffer and tougher, though. Yeah. yeah. And, and we talked about it off air, though. It, it feels like that's us doing our jobs correctly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We've really kind of refined these rosters over the first, you know, 12 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. To a point where there's not a whole lot of dead weight left. So yeah, I think the only player we picked back up after we dropped him was Gerald Everett. Yeah, so we've cleaned <laughs> house we all did that year. It gets times. to this point where you're just like, man, who, we don't have anybody left to drop. Yeah, I think we might have dropped Curtis Samuel before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure we picked him back up, and now dropping I'm dropping everybody him again. <laughs> but Terry McLaurin in that weapons room pretty much pretty much in the tight end um taylor hinnicky loves the tight end mm-hmm. but yeah i mean at this point he he's not going to support more than one weapon more than you know one or two weapons and yep. curtis samuel is just kind of too far down the the totem pole for them and then damian harris is the other guy i'm dropping part of it is he goes out with an injury um but it, you know at this point like Ramondre Stevenson just looks like the better running back just across the board. We already knew he was a better pass catcher. He's also looking like the better, just pure runner. He's the end zone, you know, the, the goal line guy, the short yardage guy, like there's just kind of not a whole lot left for Damian Harris. And beyond that, it's just been such a, 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 you know, a, injury riddled season for Damian Harris like it just kind of feels like that's that's the path he's on and at some point just gets shut down Mm -hmm. yeah what about some fades man so I kind of think I broke the rules a little bit on on some fades or I made my own we'll say I made my own but I think it's worth noting Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson's schedule coming up. They play the Giants. Then they're in bye week. So you know they're not going to help you week 14 on bye week. Then they're Giants again. Giants are mid-tier against running backs, so it's it's nothing to be super concerned about. But they play them twice, have that bye week. And then they play San Francisco week six when you need the points the most. And mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the second best against the fantasy run. And... So I'm kind of a little bit concerned. I've enjoyed watching Brian Robinson get his touches. And with that said, if you are in a league that's points per carry, I feel a little bit different because those are almost like cheat code points that you get for running backs that maybe aren't that good that still get 20 carries. Running back premium, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So if you do have that... I feel a little bit a bit differently about Brian Robinson, who seems like they're going to give him 20 carries no matter what. Really was kind of excited about the kid coming in. It's good to see him get the opportunity. Nonetheless, like I think in Dynasty, 
if I can move on from them, I'm I'm trying to fade them, get them out of my lineups for something I feel a little bit better about, and maybe I can make that happen for something that's going to make me feel better next year too. Yeah. So those are my fades. A lot of I it's like it. um, a little bit matchup, and I've never been a big Gibson guy. It seems like they want Robinson to be the guy, but I have some concerns. Yeah. Hey, yeah, definitely, at least for the rest of the season. That, it makes total sense. Yep. Um, I'm fading Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, we we talked about, you know, the, the matchup that he had against Detroit working yep. out of the slot. It resulted in his second game of the season going over 50 yards. He goes for 90 and a touchdown. Uh, his first one was back in week two. Like, it, it, if we have to wait 10 weeks between games where he's going to give us even a startable week. Yeah. Like, it, you just, you, you, yeah, you, you just fade this. Like, people are going to go to waivers and pick up Isaiah McKenzie this week because of what he just did and then he's not going to do it again the rest of the season yeah yeah hard pass and in dynasty like people treat isaiah mckenzie like he's a 23 year old wide receiver about to break out i think he's like 27 or 28 he's been in the league a while mm-hmm. yeah and this is it yep <laughs> this is this is what he's been doing so <laughs> it's what he's been up to um and then Zonovan Knight is the other guy that I'm going to fade. We talked about him as a priority, uh, a waiver priority, um, not a high priority. None of those running backs ultimately were. And that was the name that we didn't even talk about that much. Like we we sat there trying to to navigate that running back position and all these, you know, these backups, these handcuffs. We didn't really even talk about Zonovan Knight other than mentioning his name as <laughs> somebody. And and he's another one who's probably going to get picked up in a lot of leagues this week, especially deeper in dynasty leagues, because he was the lead back for the, uh, for the Jets, particularly after Michael Carter went out. But they still mixed in Ty Johnson. That's number mm-hmm. one. Um, but the bigger thing to me is, and this is why I, I actually thought you were going to mention him, um, but I was uh, happy to uh, to uh, lead the charge for you this week. James Robinson is a healthy and active. And I think so there's uh, they they owe him or no, it, it's not even that they owe him. It's that the the pick they traded to. Uh, Jacksonville fifth round pick becomes a fourth if uh, James Robinson gets to X number of yards so you know I could see them I didn't know that yeah yeah and and it's not a lot of yards it's like 250 or something so like it's it's pretty doable if you've got Michael Carter you can save your you can protect your fourth round pick by keeping James Robinson off the field. But I don't know if you do it without Michael Carter when you're right in the thick of a playoff chase in the playoff hunt. I don't think that you turn it over to Zonovan Knight if Michael Carter were to miss any time. I think that James Robinson is probably going to be the guy, even if it costs them, even if they, even if they lose their fourth round pick instead of their fifth round pick as a result. Uh, yeah, I think that's an gonna... interesting one. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I, I was starting to wonder, like, if 
James Robinson is just like a sensitive dude that <laughs> gets his hurt feelings and doesn't handle it well. And they need him out of there because <laughs> it's, it's hard to understand what's going on with him. He's clearly proven he can play in the NFL. I'm sure the Jags would love to have him right now. If ETN misses any time. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm curious what's going on with him between the injury and just his, uh, playing time this year. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I love it, man. I didn't know that about the, that, um, pick though. So that's a good reason to hold him out a game or two when you don't feel like you need him. Yeah. And maybe now they feel like they need him a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. If Michael Carter were to miss some time, I think that they stop worrying about the pick, but yeah, I want to say it's 250 yards uh was the the kind of the contingency there and he's already at 60 so they're kind of trying to you know 190 more and uh just jacobs just did that last weekend yeah (laughs) in one play (laughs) not quite but (laughs) yeah in one game for sure pretty easily yeah um yeah so Anyways, I yeah, I don't I don't really see a scenario where Zonovan Knight is actually the starter for the New York Jets for any amount of time. I think that it would be I, you know, if Michael Carter is not healthy, I think you see James Robinson again and I think you still get some Ty Johnson mis- mixed in as well, but I I don't really see a path for Zonovan Knight otherwise. Um at least not one that you're going to be able to predict. Like this is the way that it that it happens for him is uh, James Robinson is is a, a healthy scratch. He's inactive. Michael Carter gets hurt, and Zonovan Knight, you know, doesn't have James Robinson kind of looming over him. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, you, I, I love it. I'll always talk some James Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I. I thought that that would be the angle of nothing else. Just the fact that James <laughs> Robinson is still there means Donovan Knight is not really viable. Uh, so we've we've been talking about buys and holds, and again, you know, for a lot of redraft leagues, the trade deadline has passed, so we're really kind of talking dynasty at this point. Um, so we've really kind of geared this towards the contenders, um, some players to either either try and buy low on or just kind of hold uh, because they'll help you with the, the fantasy playoffs. And um, so I'm just going to go real quick here. TJ Hawkinson, he only ran 29 routes in a pretty bad matchup, pretty bad game script. Um, I, I don't believe that that's going to be the case. Uh, most of the time for TJ Hawkinson and then Mike white, we talked about him. Seems like he unlocks that entire New York jets offense. Um, and it also has a great schedule. The rest of the season he plays Buffalo at some point. I don't remember exactly when I'll, I'll look that up. Well, uh, while swags gives you his buys and holds, but beyond that it's smooth sailing for Mike white. So, my buys and holds, and, and man, I'd buy some Mike White, especially for the rest of the way. Yeah. My buy is Christian Kirk, and a lot of it has, I know he's not playing the slot, and that's what we were talking about with Zay Jones, but some decent matchups coming up with Christian Kirk. He's out of one of his worst 
weeks of the season. I don't think people have been that high on Christian Kirk throughout the season, even when he's been in like that wide receiver one area. I think he's the wide receiver one for the team. I think that you can buy him to contend the rest of the way, and I don't think you'll be sorry about it in 2023. So he's got Detroit this week, then Tennessee, and I, I think Christian Kirk can help you win. And then my other one is Marcus Mariota. This is definitely more of a this year type thing. Again, a decent schedule. Marcus Mariota is is a, a quarterback that gets tons of shade. Maybe you thought Zach Wilson was going to help you this year and you didn't get Mike White. I don't know. Maybe you need a quarterback just to, to have or to make sure nobody else gets and the Marcus Mariota team is out of contention. I think you can get Mariota fairly cheap to help you contend this year. Oh, I like that one. Anytime I can get a cheap quarterback, I'm all for it. But yeah, especially one who runs. Yeah. Um, late in the season. Yeah. Um, I'll take that. Uh, so Mike White plays the Buffalo Bills in week 14. So this works out really well. You don't need him in the fantasy playoff or it. it uh, you 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 avoid Buffalo in the fantasy playoffs. There you go. You avoid the pass rush. You avoid Tre'Davious White. Like this is a it's a much easier. It's a tough matchup, but it's week fourteen. Hopefully you've got everything wrapped up and you don't need Mike White for that week. And then get to the fantasy playoffs. Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Like oh. that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, nice. For, yeah. So that's 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 what Mike White is going to give you in the fantasy playoffs. So the question is going to be when you get there, do you have the balls to start him in the fantasy playoffs? Because if you do, man, he gives you a ceiling like none other. Yeah. How about and, some players? If to... you win with Mike White, it's <laughs> it's got a certain feeling to it as well. And it's kind of just true. like, hell yeah, I started Mike White against you. That's true. That's legend status. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mike freaking White. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like he's really starting Mike White in, instead of Aaron Rodgers this week. <laughs> hell yes, I am. Here's the thing, though. I wouldn't be surprised at this point if... I mean, we like we talked uh, in this uh, in the off season last year that, uh, or you know, before before this season, we talked about how well Mike White played at the end of twenty twenty one, and you know, man, they should let him compete at least. Like I know that you've got Zach Wilson, but at least let Mike White compete. At this point, uh, like, how do you not just say, "All right, Mike White's going to be our guy going into 2023"? We would love yeah. to see Zach Wilson, Zach push Wilson him. compete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this isn't just a redraft, uh, one season, you know, finish off the season type of buy. This is very. This could very well be a starter for you in 2023 as well. Yep. Um, how about some players to sell? Sell, so, man. I'm selling Ramondre Stevenson oh. if I am out of contention. Yeah. He's oh, getting yeah. so much love now. I have never in all my years playing this game seen any New England Patriots running back get this much love. I don't care what they did or didn't do. This is not the way it's going <laughs> to be for long with Ramondre Stevenson. It doesn't matter how much Bill Belichick loves him or how much better Bill Chel Belichick thinks he's done this year. Ramondae Stevenson will have some company next year. 
Um, now, if we're talking about contending and you're riding it out, like hold that and ride it. I get it. But uh, otherwise, like, man, the price is right right now to to be able to sell a New England Patriots running back. And man, I kind of hate that cliche that we've built, but I think there's some truth to it. And you'll never have a sell window like this. I like that one a lot better than I thought I would <laughs> when you first said it. I was like, no, don't sell. But yeah, for a, if you're not contending or, you know, if you're kind of slipping out of it, yeah, you're going to get a massive return for him. Um, I'm selling Kenneth Walker. I, I, I don't love it. Um, I don't either. <laughs> I knew, I knew you wouldn't. The next one um, though, I, I, man, I don't know what to do with the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's hear it. Kenneth Walker. The, the, the big issue with Kenneth Walker. So, uh, 26 rushing yards this week. He was right around there last week as well. Scoring touchdowns in buckets. There's no doubt, but the lack of yardage concerns me. And like we said earlier, talking about tight ends, we don't really, we don't chase touchdowns. Jawan Johnson, we're not going to chase your touchdowns. Not going to do it with Kenneth Walker either. I need to see some, I, I need to see more, uh, more yardage. Um, you know, if you're going to get 14 carries, I need, you know, more than 1.9 yards per carry. <laughs> like I need, I need I, at least three. Like that's kind of the 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 mean, right? That's kind of the Mason yeah. Dixon line. So so we need to we need more yards per carry. We need uh, he only got one target. We need more out of the receiving game. There's just it's it's kind of a lack of uh, of floor when we start t- talking about multiple touchdowns in order to make his day. So, you know, I think that you can sell on name value. He's also, we talked last week about running backs um, with running back one overall type of upside guys Mm -hmm. that you want to trade for going into 2023. And I think Kenneth Walker is kind of one of those guys. So I think that there's an opportunity to, uh, to trade him away um, and potentially, uh, you know, avoid a landmine. Um, for the rest of the season um, and get some pretty significant value because of the type of upside he's going to bring next season. Yeah. Maybe picks, maybe you go after some injured players. Yeah. Maybe Najee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe Brees Hall. Yeah. More realistically, somebody you might want more, but man, that injury, that's going to take a minute to come back from. Yeah. Or even better if you're contending with Ken Walker like Walker for Stevenson, I and you probably even get a plus on top of you Stevenson. You probably get a plus, yeah, yeah. I don't hate so, that even after saying sell Stevenson, yeah, yeah. Depends on what the plus is, but yeah, yeah. Like, but I think I would rather take Stevenson into the fantasy playoffs than Kenneth Walker uh, at this point, just mm-hmm. based on you know their their usage. So, um, Damian Pierce, it's all very similar analysis. Uh, he's, it, he's much better in, uh, uh, yards per carry, um, a a little bit more active in the receiving game, um, less touchdown dependent than Kenneth Walker, 
but we're still seeing some of these efficiency numbers start to trend down. And the big thing is that offensive line is awful. It's not Damian Pierce's fault. That offensive line is crap. Mm -hmm. Like they're consistently hitting him behind the line of scrimmage. He's got negative six yards per, uh, per carry before initial contact. Yeah, and I think they just know they're going to give him the ball too, especially it seems like he's yeah. doing a little bit worse without Davis Mills. Yep, probably. And without Brandon Cooks being a, mm-hmm. you know, a viable weapon for them, yep. like they're pretty one-dimensional at this point. It's pretty easy to just shut down, focus on and shut down Damian Pierce. Um and so again, like he's going to be another one that, you know, you you turn back to him next season when they get this fixed a little bit. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more upside, but for the rest of this season, you know, you're just kind of holding on him for dear life and, and praying, uh, that he can get you something when, you know, it's really kind of decks really kind of stacked against him, um, next year, this year. So this is, this is, this is becoming my favorite segment and this is only our second time doing it, but this is for the dynasty teams that are trying to rebuild. Um, so some players to start trading for now and start stashing, um, get ready for next season. And, uh, actually let me go first. Um, because yours are, uh, pretty interesting to me. I think it'd be a great way to close the show. So I'm just going to give you Nico Collins real quick. Uh, already the, uh, the lead wide receiver for the Houston Texans with a massive quarterback upgrade coming in 2023 and then jared goff we kind of talked earlier about this as well but there are going to be a lot of uh, you know we talked about sam darnold being a guy Mm -hmm. um who is he you know one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the nfl even after the the rookie draft comes in if sam darnold is one of those guys jared goff is absolutely one of those guys maybe detroit drafts somebody but you know even if jared goff was not going to be the bridge quarterback in Detroit he's going somewhere to become the starting quarterback yeah I agree and and he and everybody hates Jared Goff yeah (laughs) I mean I mean they do like you can get again like you said earlier when we were talking about Mariota like you can get him super cheap and he's probably going to be somebody you can start into next year yep And, and that's even the same direction I was going with Jimmy G who I never thought I would be sitting here with John Hogue talking about Jimmy Garoppolo as somebody that <laughs> I'm going to be adding to my Superflex Dynasty teams for the future. And that's, again, because a lot because of that quarterback landscape and very price-dependent. So recently I acquired a share of Jimmy Garoppolo just because I was kind of already thinking about this, so I, I can bring it right to the show. But I got Jimmy G. I'm curious which side of this you want. I and this is no tight end premium, but I traded away Terrace Marshall, Isaiah Likely, a twenty twenty three third, a twenty twenty four third, and a twenty twenty five second. So some equity there, but I got back Jimmy G. On a yeah. team where I want another quarterback. You can always need another but I really felt like I could use another quarterback. Um I'm an eighth seed scrambling to still get into the playoffs. And um, I don't have a 2023 first, so I can't add a quarterback that way. This seemed like a good way for me to add a quarterback. 
I like um, it. Do you feel yeah. similar about Jimmy G as you do like what we've had the conversation about now with Goff and Darnold? Absolutely. I the the I might even take it a step further with Garoppolo just because you know first they're not going to be in a position to draft you know one of those two top guys like they're not going to be within reach of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud right um and I don't know that they would make that move even if they were because they're not they're still not sure what they've got with Trey Lance but mm-hmm. I I feel pretty confident that I can tell you what you've got with Trey Lance and it's that Jimmy Garoppolo is the better option for you as a starting quarterback so I mean, not only does he go somewhere to start, I think that he's got quite a bit of value still to San Francisco. So um, where they've gotten, they've they've really kind of tailored that offense around him. So, yeah, I really like that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great buy. And then, you know, considering you really just kind of had to stack some, some high upside dimes for, yeah. you know, for Jimmy G's dollar. Yeah, I like the the high upside dimes. I like that. Um, I'm yeah. gonna use that. But absolutely, that's kind of what it is. Like some like a dart. I gave you a dart in 2024. I I don't even always love the term dart throws because I know you can use these picks any way you want to. But and I gave you a one in 2023, and a 2025. It's so far away. Uh, yeah. So yeah. and it was a non-contending team. So if Jimmy G is on a non-contender, I would throw out some offers right away. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's like it's such a an unexciting, like uninspiring name um, on the surface. But then when you stop and think about like who are the quarterbacks that you're going to feel good about going into 2023? Yeah, and and then you tell me that this is all it takes to get Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, all of a sudden, and you've seen him becomes, in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy cleans up well, we'll just say. <laughs> he doesn't even have to clean up. <laughs> just like pulls a helmet off and the hair just like starts blowing in the wind and girls just go nuts. Yeah. Ugh. It's pretty annoying, but really pretty good quarterback. Good enough to be a starter somewhere in 2023. Pretty. Yeah. And we'll be excited about him when the time comes. Trust me. By by 2025, I'll find so many different ways to get a second if I want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got, what, three years to get that back somehow? Yeah. And that was in a weird way, like the highest equity I gave away in the trade and so far away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's a good one. Probably the 2023 third was the most valuable part of that. Yeah, it could be this year. Yeah. Yeah. On that, on that side of it. So yeah, that's a, that's a nice discount for Jimmy Garoppolo. I like it. Yeah, Go throw out some offers, John. Yeah. Let's do do it. Let's do it. And you know what? We've got all of our standard operating procedures going in week 13. So uh, all we, all that's left for you to do now is just go execute.